the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Hi, it's Andy Lockwood from Lockwood College Prep, and following is a recent episode that Pearl and I did on our weekly show on Facebook called College Talk Tuesday, which you can find at collegetalktuesday.com, where we talked about recent scandal developments, some late-breaking financial aid changes that you need to be aware of, and a whole lot more. So enjoy this episode and let us know what you think. Give us a rating on iTunes, if you, or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. If you find this to be helpful and valuable, and please spread it around to any parents that you know who could use this information. Thanks for listening. Okay, welcome to another edition of College Talk Tuesday Scandal Special Report. Pearl and Andy Lockwood. Hello, Pearl. Hello, Andy. Long Island's greatest unindicted financial aid and college advisory people. Nice. That's right. Touch. Yes. So there's been a spate of uh, stories as more and more families are getting caught up in the college admissions scandal, or at least they're pleading guilty or being, no one's being sentenced, right? It's just, just uh, guilty stuff. Well, I think Felicity Huffman might beg to differ on the sentencing point. Today is day five. Is it that? Really? That I think, far? I don't know. It's gone day fast four. for me. <laughs> well, you're not in jail. No. Thank God. Yeah. So um, anyway, there's a lot to talk about today, um, not just the scandal stuff, which of course is probably the most interesting, but there's also like a bunch of financial aid stuff that's happening right now as we get closer to November 1 deadlines, a uh, little bit of maybe some admissions stuff to talk about. And any questions that you have, just pop them in right here. That's what College Talk Tuesday is all about. I'm Andy Lockwood. That's uh, Phyllis, uh, Pearl Lockwood. <laughs> <laughs> Um, should we start with a little bit of scandal stuff? Sure. Pearl, we have a prop. Shall, hold that I'll in. be the prop master. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So today we're going to talk a little bit about Hot Pockets because apparently Michelle Janevs, whose father and uncle invented Hot Pockets, so we have a lot to be thankful for to them. Um, she was one of the people caught up in the scandal having allegedly paid $200,000 to get her older daughter admitted to USC. There's that school again. Um, as a volleyball recruit, even though she didn't play volleyball, despite her not being qualified for that status. Details. Yeah. So um, I wish I had a Hot Pockets joke prepared, but I really like Hot Pockets. I feel. And I think a lot of college kids like Hot Pockets. Yeah. It's um, very full circle. Well, you know, um, a lot of people must like hot like, must like hot pockets in order for her to be able to have that two hundred grand to fork over. Right. So she didn't really need to though. She's if she's the heiress to the hot pockets empire, which we know to be a successful company. Do you have to say heiress? Is that politically correct? I don't know what is, but uh, yeah. I think she's it's an just heir. heir. Yeah. Okay. Just the way it's not actor or actress, it's just actor. What are your pronouns? Huh. Pearl. Oh, that's not really a pronoun. It's yeah. a proper noun. So um, who else? Donald Hodge, former CEO of PEMCO, who paid more than $500,000 to get two of his kids into USC as athletic recruits. 
So he paid more than the Hot Pockets lady. Do you think there's like bragging rights in how much people paid yes. to bribe? Yes. And that's why people who are otherwise seem to not need the money or the edge or the advantage do it? I think it's all what about bragging rights. What the heck is that about? I think it's bragging rights about everything, not wow. just bribe. Yeah. That's so scary. Manuel Enriquez, founder and former chief executive of Hercules Capital, and his wife, Elizabeth, um, also were... were caught up. I can't see what school they were bribing people, Rick Singer's people to get into. Mm -hmm. uh, Georgetown. Georgetown yes. tennis program. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's this quote. This, this is what I wanted to say. Okay, this is from Mr. Henriquez, uh, the Hercules Capital founder, when the judge asked him anything to say. I'm, I'm going to start off by saying, Your Honor, that I'm deeply sorry for the actions I have taken and the awful and destructive impact it has had on the family, comma, my children. My children. Okay? So he's, he's <laughs> the fairness everyone else. <laughs> right, right. Therein right. lies the problem. Right. Well he so he started off okay. And then he then he then he came down off the, the uh, high ground a little bit. Hmm. And so so the the destructive impact it had on the family, my children, and children just like me <gasps> who have severe learning issues. Mr. Enriquez said, without further explanation. Oh. I never intended to hurt anybody in this process. Well. Do you find that a little hollow? I find it a little bit hollow. I find it also somewhat irrelevant <laughs> to his point. And I actually found a tie-in for our viewers and listeners that can be helpful in this college process. A little premature in the process. However, the point, I think, is still going to should be taken the same way. Uh, because it's come up even loosely in my own practice, in my own dealings uh, with some parents. But what and I, at dinner time. <laughs> yes. Um, the point is when you are when you want something from someone else, like in this case, this was a defendant in front appearing in front of a sentencing judge. So obviously that defendant wanted something from that sentencing judge. If you are the parent or if you are, yourself are the college applicant to a school and obviously you would like to be granted admission or maybe you would like to get a better financial aid award letter or, or package from a school, how to approach the conversation. Are you going to do so on a more higher ground uh, way where you're, you're being polite and cordial and respectful and thankful and grateful to continue for the continued review of your application, grateful for their consideration of whatever new and interesting information you're putting forth. Like, by the way, Felicity did a very nice she job. She was. She showed. Mitigating her, her situation she, once she was in it. She or her publicist mm -hmm. showed a nice amount of contrition. Absolutely. And did not make it way. about her kids her family, her learning disability, the way this guy Enriquez did. Right, and and the tie-in here is a lot of times when, let's say, we're appealing a financial aid award, which you know happens in the spring, typically. If you go about this and say, you know, just where do you expect me to come up with this kind of money for your dumb school? Like, that's definitely not the way to approach it. Hmm. Um, really? It seems is that like based on obvious. Any, is that, that based on a real you know, scenario? Uh, well, sadly, it's based on you know what we've witnessed not not just this year, but in many years past, in terms of you know 
you got to get down to basics and just your 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 manners. And if if you need something from somebody else and they are in a position to help or hurt you, I would recommend not going for their jugular. Just just some advice, whoever that entity may be. Right. Even if you don't need someone, you shouldn't be like that anyway. No, you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. But let's just say we're all in it for ourselves here. <laughs> okay. That's just just some good advice. Okay. Well, I think that's um, dripping with undertones and hidden meanings there. But I I, uh, I appreciate that. Oh, if you need something from me, if you treat me like garbage, <laughs> it's not going to go far. Is that directed at me? And that's direct and not hidden. No. Okay. Good. Well, yeah. Anybody. Everybody. Do something directed you want to tell at everybody. me. Everybody. Uh, haven't I been treating you well? Yes. Okay. Whatever. Okay. So. Um, Just in terms of your approach. Very good. Very, very good advice. Okay. So let's move on. Um, so I mentioned uh, Felicity, both um, verbally as well as um, visually. I didn't tell you this. You, you, I should have saved the message. We had, we got a very um, lengthy, fulsome voicemail. Oh. From a, an angry woman out in California, uh -huh. who started off by saying, uh, "This was in reaction to I think um, um, a podcast I did a couple of weeks ago mm -hmm. and I a Facebook she, video." I guess she didn't like what you had to say. Well, when I when I mentioned when I first debuted this um, this shirt, mm -hmm. and I I said I'm I'm I thought obviously tongue in cheek that I'm starting a GoFundMe page to help her raise money for legal fees. And all that. Apparently, the joke was lost Sorry. on someone, including her. And we got a five-minute ranty voicemail. Oh. We start off by saying, "You know, Smart. I used to recommend you. I read your books, but I don't know how you can, you. you know, condone what Felicity did. It's outrageous. And the GoFundMe thing is, how can you be raising money for her? She has so much money herself, and she missed the whole point. So that was really so amazing. She, she also lost her sense of humor someplace in there. That's assuming she had one to um, begin with, but um, it was." Um, it was very ranty. She said she worked for it uh, in television also, so that, you know, I can only imagine what type in of job she had. In television? You mean the, the... She worked in television. Oh, in television. Yeah. Not the, like, Atari gaming system that's she didn't play. Obsolete. She didn't play in television. <laughs> okay. She worked I in television. Okay. You're out. <laughs> right. Baseball? <laughs> yes. Okay. Loved it. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I used to get... Like I, I didn't have it, but my my friend down the street Noah did. And I remember getting like a a bruise in between my thumbnail, yeah, from playing in television. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about um, relevant stuff for College Talk Tuesday. So you are um, ass deep in uh, in financial aid forms, and um, you're helping people finalize. And you are finding all kinds, like you do every year, all kinds of mistakes that um, on tax returns. Um, you're finding yeah. a lot of people who don't really understand what the questions are asking for. So if you could give just two or three tips right now to people who are doing the financial aid forms on their own. We, we actually stopped um, as of yesterday. We shut down taking on new clients through November 1st. For November, right. For those who have November 1st deadlines. Yeah, because we can't physically do it anymore. It, it took me a, a lot of, of my persuasive ability to wrangle Pearl um, downstairs, it's approximately a, a 17 second commute to, to do this, but it's right next to your Peloton bike. It is. So, um, and today is day 184 mm -hmm. in a row. She's done 184 days in a row on the Peloton. Six months. 
more than six months, right? A couple days more. But we digress. Um, okay, it's our show. It's, free. it's it's true. You don't you could you can hit the lead or <laughs> okay. shut us off. So some time. of the big uh, tips and mistakes, just right. throw well, in big, global global big picture stuff. Big picture stuff is answer what's being asked. Don't go into oh this is my life story from three years ago and this is well unless it's actually relevant to your yeah. ability to pay for college. But if they are not asking about your IRA penalties, withdrawals, blah, blah. Don't look for things to add that they have not asked you about. Stick to the stick to the questions and only the questions. Ask what is being asked of you. No more, no less, but no more. And, uh, you know, if you, if you earned it, in 18, it belongs there. If you, if your income is wildly different now than it was on the 2018 tax return, which is the operative year for this year's financial aid forms, uh, well, it doesn't mean it's at your option to change that usage of the 2018 tax return. You need to use it, and subsequently, you will be able to provide an explanation to the extent that your current financial reality differs from the operative year that was used in the forms. Uh, those are pretty big picture things that I could think of offhand. Um, There's so many mistakes that you can make, so you have to be very, very thorough. Mm -hmm. um, you had a question from someone who we thought should know a lot better who said something like, hey, I paid something this and whatever, should we just forget about that? And your response was, okay. This, this is a federal form. Yeah. We don't lie on federal forms. Right. <laughs> See and, you later. Right, and an omission is a lie. A mutation yes. of a material fact yes. is a lie. I think we went over that in our first year of law school. Yes. Hmm. Probably possibly the first week. Oh. Who knows? Right. So um, anyway, so the forms have to be done in a truthful manner. That doesn't right. mean that there aren't gray areas, and sure. that doesn't mean that there are not loopholes, because uh, we have a lot of people who have last-minute ways to be able to improve their eligibility. Of course, yeah. it's better Legally, if you don't. ethically, of course, and only. Of course, it's better if you don't wait until the last minute. Um, a year or two before you file, it's usually the best time to start thinking about financial planning for college, um, particularly because there's a two-year look back on the income that is used. So for kids who are graduating in 2020, meaning seniors, then the 2018 income taxes are in play right now. That's right. And there's a lot of changes on that form. Yes. 2018 reform, which is causing a little bit of annoying, uh, whatever, Some confusion. obstacles, confusion with uh, the FAFSA and, you know, with people in general, they don't know where to find their adjusted gross income. There's a lot of mistakes that could be lurking there on your, on your tax returns. Over including counting something twice because uh, the the actual tax return does shake out differently than years past. Usually you can kind of see everything in one place, but now there are schedules, well, different than the ABC schedules that used to exist, that still exist. Actually, now they are numbered schedule, schedule one, two, three, four, five, and six, depending on your particulars. Uh, so it is important to, as I said, map what has been asked of you in these forms with what your actual information is and don't go on into the weeds and start adding and including things that don't belong. So along the lines of this is an extremely complicated process. Um, I, I just saw, although I guess this was released a few weeks ago, 
that um, the Department of Education is trying to standardize how financial aid awards are written and issued by school. <laughs> uh, well, this is, I think this, here. I'm just I, I spent a lot of you. time literally telling people that it is not standard, right. that it, there is not uniformity in this process. So when I first read this story, I thought, okay, that's great because we've been talking about this forever. And then I saw buried in there somewhere that um, they first came out with a standardized form in 2012, 2013 to be voluntarily adopted by colleges. <laughs> oh. I wonder why they don't voluntarily adopt the simplified way to issue you awards. Maybe it's because they don't want you to really know and to be confused because sometimes your award is all loans and you think, oh, I, I have to take these. You don't have to take these. Mm -hmm. So, so now there is what's called a college financing plan. I don't know how well you can see that, um, but it's it is some schools use that, and it is simplified. It breaks out the free money from the loans. Um, one of the changes was to put, in terms of adding transparency, was to indicate the interest rate that people were paying on the loans because that's I've never seen that on a financial aid award. Yeah. So, uh, so hopefully this time around, in this when when financial aid awards start coming out in the next few months. Hopefully, some schools uh, will will have adopted this new college financing plan template, which will make the process a little bit more transparent. My guess is that most will not, but um, I think it's a good attempt from the federal government. I, you know, they have leverage though. They could they could say if you want our money, you have to adopt this plan. I mean, why should it be any different than, than how you buy a house when you have the HUD one settlement statement and it's confusing, but you see I all the fees. I guess the lobbies are different. I don't know. A lot of colleges don't have lobbies. They, they you just walk right in. Hey. Thanks. Um, yeah, I, I really wonder. All right, and then um, what else can I tell you? So, a little bit of news about um, early decision and who that really benefits. I just came across an article in uh, the Higher Education. Um, I think it's called Higher Education. Right? This is one of the Inside Higher Ed is the is the uh, is the publication. And um, it profiles a few different schools, including Tulane, and uh, what was the other one? We're still in the air? Oh, in USC. And USC does not have early decision, Tulane does. And the gist of the article talked about how early decision really benefits schools more than kids. It's really a high yeah. pressure thing for kids. And um, Tulane, when they first started, uh, before they had early decision, their yield was only around 22%, yield meaning the, the number of people who um, who actually attended school versus how many were admitted. So the higher the yield, the greater percentage, um, the, the better it is for the college because they, can, you know, they don't want too many people to be admitted and then say to the college, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, that hurts their rankings and all, all sorts of other stuff. So Tulane's yield shot from like 20, low, low 20s up to 40 something percent in terms once it started um, doing early decision. Mm -hmm. And nationally, I think it's more like 88% is, is a yield. Um, USC does not, uh, does not offer early decision and it seems to be fine for them. But we'll see what happens with the with the with the scandal re repercussions. Really yeah, I just thought it was kind of interesting that they were in this article because and all know, of they're under a microscope to be unscathed in the scandal. It's like they really are an ivory tower. Seems like a lot of kids haven't been kicked out of these schools either, no. unless unless um, you've heard stuff that I haven't heard. Well, I know that the Laughlin girls no longer attend USA. Oh, that's too bad. 
Yeah. Wait, they had two girls? The, the Massimos? Yeah. The Giannullis, actually. Oh, right. Massimo is the first name yeah. of him, right. of the father. Uh, actually, it's Giannullis. It's not the Lachlans. It's just Lori Lachlan and her two daughters. One had, maybe she'd already graduated USC or was an older kid who was already in uh, okay. USC. Were they, was she ungraduated? I don't think she was ungraduated. The way that, I don't... Bill, the way that Bill Cosby had a lot of his diplomas rescinded, his yeah. honorary diplomas. Yeah. Yeah. No longer honorary. All right. So just, just, just getting back to this. So Tulane, after they instituted early decision, uh, they the number of students spiked by more than 60 from, yeah, more than 61% to more than 42,000 applications each year. And in, uh, in 2015, before they had ED, Tulane had a 30% admit rate. In 2019, 13%. So this is really done to manipulate ranking to benefit the schools. It's got nothing to do with benefiting kids. It puts more pressure on them, as a matter of fact. Yeah. And this is such a high pressure, high stakes, at least the perception is high stakes. Um, we, we really wouldn't do anything we can to reduce the pressure. ED is not always great for, it's usually not great for financial aid. This article on Inside Higher Ed actually omits huh. the, what I'm about to say, which is that, um, you know, according to the article, if you get in early decision, you have to go. However, you don't because there's a financial out. So that was mm -hmm. a conspicuous absence in this yeah. article of one of the leading publications in the um, college advising industry. But a lot of people think that they have to go if they get in. A lot of guidance counselors want you to believe that because they don't want you to taint next year's batch of kids who yep. apply. So uh, it's not quite as high stakes as it needs to be. I mean, as, as it feels like it is. Right. It isn't. Uh, we had a situation last year, just by way of example, where uh, an early decision applicant uh, was granted admission to Northwestern and uh, the, the student had also applied early action to University of Michigan, so was able to get an acceptance and a financial aid award package back from Michigan before the early decision, decision and package came in from Northwestern. And basically, the, in, in this scenario, it was a self-employed business situation that the same fact, same taxes, same everything was judged by both schools. But in one situation, Northwestern did not give any any money. And uh, conversely, University of Michigan gave what amounted to practically a full ride for this student. So in that scenario, we, we attempted to appeal to Northwestern based on the completely different financial aid award that was given by Michigan. Uh, but Northwestern wasn't having it and in, instead he was released this student was released from his early decision binding contract because you know the, the really what that family was facing was either going into debt to the tune of approximately three hundred thousand dollars plus interest versus not going to debt so how you know you are not bound to have to do something so unconscionable for your family. They were conflicted over it also. They were. Yeah. I, th I think a lot of that had to do with the pressure coming from their high school guidance counselor. Mm -hmm. I really do. So, yeah. So it's, it's important to take a breath. Don't believe everything you hear right. um, or have been led to believe. Right. Do whatever you can to reduce the artificial pressure. There's really no correlation between, you know, where you go to college and how successful you're going to be also. That's a whole nother kettle of fish, as we say, as I yeah. say, nobody else says that. 
Um, so, so, so just chill out as, as best you can, right? Oh, okay, good idea. No, I, I realize that you wouldn't be stressed out um, by choice. <laughs> so right. we're, we're just ask, asking you to you know consider the rest of the story. But the seriously, the you know, just getting back to like the hot pockets and that whole scan and the scandal. If you're just joining <laughs> us. <laughs> We're now. These are good. Yeah, this episode is sponsored by Hot Pockets. Now, if you're just joining us, one of the people who um, was, uh, I guess she just pled guilty. She is the Hot Pockets heir. Her father and uncle invented Hot Pockets, and she forked over two hundred thousand bucks to uh, Rick Singer in order to get her kid into USC. For what? Right. Well, for volleyball. Yeah, but for what? People don't give your don't give your power away. Every one of the schools, many of the schools that I'm sure are on your applicants list of schools has more than a sufficient uh, education to be provided if your student wants to avail him or herself of that education. So don't give your power away by, by, by attributing so much worth to the name of a particular institution where it has to be that school or bust. It's not true. It's just not true. And you need to reorient your thinking if that's what you believe to be so. So here's a good question that there is no easy answer to. Um, if you'd asked me this question a year ago, I'd have an easier answer. So this is from Ann uh, Panopoulos. Um, what about ED at a school like U Miami, where the ED acceptance rate is higher, uh, but merit is supposedly not biased either way, meaning regular decision or early decision. If you need merit aid, are you better off with ED or EA? So um, up until literally two weeks ago, my answer would have been, um, I don't think you should apply ED because um, it's harder to negotiate merit aid if you don't have other offers. I still think that's the case, but the one change that happened a couple of weeks ago is there used to be this uh, gentleman's agreement, for lack of a better word, um, uh, among all colleges in order to, uh, to not compete with each other <clears throat> in, under certain circumstances. For example, after someone um, made a housing deposit by May 1st, but also the understanding prevented colleges from offering spe uh, special inducements to apply early decision. That has now gone away as a commonly accepted gentleman's agreement type of practice because the, um, who was it? Who investigates uh, antitrust? Um, Department the of Justice. Fed? I think, yeah, the Department of Justice uh, had accused a lot of the colleges in this um, consortium of, um, of uh, you know, what, I can't remember what it's called. I think it's NACAC, the National Association of Admissions and something or other. Um, I'm probably getting that wrong. But there's a you know group of colleges, a trade association that had published these gentleman agreement types of types of um, terms, and now they repudiated the ones that um, the Department of Justice was investigating, really because they prevented competition. So now, when you apply a real decision, it's technically colleges can you know the kid gloves are off; they can offer you all kinds of sweeteners and all that. I haven't seen that happen yet because this is just this is breaking news from like literally two weeks ago. But um, I still think I would not apply ED because I'd like to get some other offers and play them off against each other. Right. Also, bear in mind, and you say this all the time, the early decision pool is comprised of right. um, a lot of people who have self-selected them, them in there, meaning that it's it's a much higher admissions rate because 
Uh, a lot of the recruited athletes have to go early decision. A lot of the legacies, Miami's big on legacy. Who all may have lower grades and scores because they are at being instructed to apply early decision for non-academic reasons, yet their, their grades and scores are being averaged into that early decision statistic that you, student, are relying on. Yeah. Yeah. To hedge your bets of likelihood of admission. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, I agree with everything you said except the word may, because they, they those those grades and scores are, in fact, lower Right. Uh, for all those special categories. It's not politically correct, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone's, so, but... No, and those for the special category. It sure. really is. Recruited athletes, yes. legacies, they, they have lower grades and scores than the uh, the average that's reported. So... Um, so the, so that skews the stats a little bit. That's that's what Pearl is getting to. So it looks like, oh, I have a much better shot at getting right. in if I apply early decision, when the reality is I have a much better shot if I'm a legacy or a recruited athlete, or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and I'm applying early decision. So um, don't be misled by those statistics. Right. Okay. And that was a great question, and I think that is a good way to wrap up. Thank you for that question. And thanks for watching. And I guess thanks for listening because this is going to be an episode on our podcast, The College Planning Edge, which is on iTunes. A lot of good stuff on there. And I hope you enjoy this. And if you have any questions, you can find us right here on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lockwood College Prep or our regular website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Pearl? Andy, everybody. Hit the Peloton now? Perhaps. So, all right. Don't come in. All right. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. Hi. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, LockwoodCollegePrep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.